Welcome to the This Can Happen podcast with me, Zoe Sinclair, co-founder of This Can Happen. This is the show where I'm lucky to be in conversation with changemakers and thought leaders within workplace mental health from all around the world, all striving to make a positive difference to support their colleagues. What I think is really needed is for businesses to recognise that we all have mental health and for all organisations of a certain size to have a responsibility to help their people thrive. Today, I'm joined by Josh Kuczewski. He has two roles at Mediacom, that of Global COO and CEO of EMEA. Josh and This Can Happen go back a number of years. He was awarded the Founders Award at our inaugural awards and he took part in the CEO panel at the conference in 2020. So Josh has been on our radar as a champion of workplace mental health for some time. But today, Josh and I will talk about how he's led Mediacom in terms of mental health and his vision for a new kind of mental health reporting. Josh, welcome to this podcast. So grateful to you um, for taking the time um, to chat to us today at This Can Happen. So give us uh, a little bit of introduction to to yourself career-wise and how you have got to where you are at Mediacom now. Well, thank you for having me. Nice to see you. Pleasure. Um, uh, And um, it's great to be here talking to you about this important subject. Um, so my career, I mean, I've been working for probably about 23 years now. Um, so half my life, that is. Um, and scary. I've, I know, scary. Um, and um, I've worked at Mediacom for 10 years. Um, I've always worked in the advertising industry, uh, always, always worked on agency side as well. Um, so I started my career working in a media agency like I'm in today, Um I kind of worked there for a few years. Then I joined the creative agency side and worked at a company called St. Luke's, which was a really fascinating business. Still is a fascinating business. I follow them um, very keenly, actually. I'm really I'm a big fan of that as, as a company. They're a cooperative, uh, and so everyone's kind of owns a stake in the business, and it, it, it's, a, it's a great company. And I learned a lot about the kind of the creative um, process working there. Um, as I was actually part of a, of a media strategy consultancy that was part owned by St. Luke's, uh, which was called Klondike. So I worked there for four years. Then I set up my own digital agency, uh, which I ran for a couple of years. Um, and then I folded that into an agency called BLM Quantum, which was an independent media agency. And I, I, was, I was helping run the digital part of it. And then that got bought by a company called Havas. I joined the global management team of Havas Digital, which was a global digital network. And then I got headhunted to join Mediacom uh, from there. And so I came into Mediacom in a regional role in, in EMEA. Um, and then I then I went into the UK business because the UK really is the probably the jewel in the crown of Mediacom's global network. So I was COO of the UK. I then got promoted to CEO of the UK. I then got promoted to CEO of EMEA and um and then I got promoted to global chief operating officer, and I and I've carried on doing the CEO of a mere job as well. So I've kind of got two jobs at the moment, which is, um, you know, busy but great as well because I really love um, I really love both parts of the job actually. So I was quite keen not to let go of the Emir part because I really love the region. Um, so yeah, that's what that's that's kind of my career. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And here we are today um, talking about talking about mental health. So. 
You spoke at This Can Happen 2020 about the idea of, of mental health reporting, which I'm going to come to in a second. But before we actually discuss that, why is mental health so important to you specifically? Well, mental health is an issue that's close to my heart personally. Um, I have and I continue to suffer at times from insomnia um, coming from anxiety, Rich, really. And I, and I don't believe this is rare but, or unusual. Um, it's actually quite common. And um, but yet it's not really treated as such, I don't think. And so we speak and we spend a huge chunk of our lives in work and many of the everyday pressures and worries come from this world. But I think duty of care has always been more about physical than mental well-being, and it should really be equal in my view. And some businesses are taking more responsibility and doing brilliant things to help change the conversation, shift perception and support their people's mental health. But many aren't. So my, cult, my, my goal is to, is to, I suppose, catalyze change, give organizations more impetus and make, um, make all businesses accountable. Tackling the issue of mental well-being in business shouldn't be a sign of an empathetic business which I think is what it is at the moment it should be a staple of all business yeah Uh, no absolutely so you talked about you're trying to be a catalyst for change what how have you seen your company culture change over the years as you have put mental health on your agenda well, I think mental. So um, when I was running Medicom UK, we put mental health. It was mental health became we focused on it, and it was uh, you know it wasn't just I was sort of the senior leader, um, kind of driving the change. But it was it, we we put in place a program very much by the people for the people that included a mental health ally program, a uh, mental health ERG, um, and we really kind of made it very central to a lot of the stuff that we talked about within the organisation. And we stuck at it and we're still sticking at it. And it's it's kind of something that, I mean, I can talk about it in a little while about how we're sort of now globalizing it and so on and so forth. But I think in, in answer to your question, what has it, what has, how has it changed the company culture? Well, I think that it's destigmatized the conversation and it's made it okay not to be okay. And we've seen, uh, and, and it was quite interesting at first when we put in a mental health allies program and we encouraged people to go and talk to mental health allies I think at first they got very busy suddenly and people started talking to them as they felt that it was okay to Um, and we you know there were some quite worrying um, things coming up like people saying that they were um, having suicidal thoughts and and then some you know then suddenly we saw some of those conversations dying down a bit and 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 now I think it's it's you know it goes up up and down in terms of conversations that mental health allies are having with um, with people within the business, but I think overall, yeah, it's destigmatized the, the conversation, and I think that also we've we, we've been quite uh, sort of purposefully, we've made heroes of people who are brave enough to stand up and talk about and share their experiences, their mental health experiences, and I think that's really normalized the conversation. And as a leader, did you step up and talk to your staff about your insomnia, for example? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do ad nauseum. I think people find it really boring, honestly. <laughs> but um, it's quite funny. I mean, I think first time I, I talked about it, I was a bit scared about how people were going to react. And then you immediately see people don't really bat an eyelid and you realise that so many people struggle with this. And, and um, you know, I think it's really important for leaders to, to, to be open. 
Absolutely. So the, the culture that you work in, I think it's, you know, it's n- notorious for pitches, winning business, um, you know, really working to the line. How do we balance that need for outstanding performance, um, winning pitches under a pressurized environment, but still being able to balance the need of good well-being? That's tough, isn't it? Well, I believe that the two shouldn't be at odds. I think one is fundamental to achieve the other. So to, ha- to have a high performance business, you need to have a culture where people can thrive. And, and to, for people to be able to thrive, they need to be able to tr- bring their true selves to work. And that's why it's so important to look after our people, because they're our greatest asset. Now, mental health and well-being shouldn't be a problem to solve. It should be an objective to achieve. And um, I think if you do achieve that, then you perform well in all of those circumstances that you just asked about. So if you show me a business where people have good mental health, well-being and are thriving, I'll show you a business that is smashing its targets and beating its competitors. And I, and I don't think it's any coincidence that um, and it's quite difficult to track this, honestly, but I don't think there's any it's any coincidence that from the point that we really focused in on mental health and uh, in the culture of Mediacom, we've had, you know, just continually strong performances in new business and in in our business as a whole. I really like what you say. I, I love the fact that they, you know, they go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I, I really like that. So you spoke before that you've got your two roles basically at the moment and that actually you're really enjoying having that role. Um, so what? how are you influencing the global piece? Um, or, or well, let's start with that. How are you influencing the global piece when it comes to mental health? Because we're well, not think, at the same point everywhere, are we? So in terms of Mediacom globally, I can talk about sort of Mediacom, I can also talk about... Um, WPP, the group that we're part of as well. So I think within Mediacom, we are, you know, when I took over the global role, I was very keen to really globalise the mental health ally programme that we'd set up in the UK. Recognising, however, that every country is different from a cultural perspective and a social setting. So um, what we've done is we've set up, we've set up a, a, a framework whereby our uh, our markets can have their own global, their own mental health ally programs. And also, uh, and what comes with that is kind of education about mental health and um, kind of a framework for, based on learnings that we've had in the UK of how to run a, a mental health ally program in markets. So we use the same training company to, to do that. Um, and we have all the different resources around mental health that are global resources that anybody in any market can take advantage of. But also we recognise that for a mental health ally programme to work really well, it really needs to be owned by the people for the people. So it needs to be kind of a combination of or, or co- a collaborative exercise between the, the, the people on the ground and the leadership. So we've now launched Mental Health Allies in the top 16 markets in Mediacom this year. Uh, so we have Mental Health Allies in all of those markets. And that's something that I'm really proud of. And it's just it's just starting to gain momentum now. And I'd say probably by the end of next year, we'll be in most of our markets around the world. So that's great and requires a hell of a lot of work and, uh, and momentum. And then we've also influenced uh, what we're doing within WPP as a group as well. So in WPP in the UK now, they've set up a mental health allies program across the whole of WPP in the UK, you know, taking inspiration from Mediacom. And um, Nancy Lengthorn, who uh, is now our global head of diversity and inclusion, she 
she helped um, kind of replicate what we were doing in the UK, the rest of WPP as she was working in WPP at that time. So that's excellent. And, you know, we're thrilled to be doing that. And I think WPP will follow our lead on and sort of globalising what we're doing now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's I suppose that's how I influence it. I think, you know, Mark Reed, CEO of WPP, is very aware of the work that we do. And he, he's a big um, supporter of uh, the importance of uh, mental health and all the stuff that I've just been talking about, and he want and and so he's a, he's a great leader for WPP, and and he absolutely supports the efforts around this. Wonderful, and to hear of that global rollout, you're absolutely right. Is something you should definitely um, be proud of. to, as I said, what you sort of first mooted at the 2020 conference about this vision of yours of mental health reporting. So why do you think this is needed? Well, I, what, what, what I think is really needed is for businesses to recognise that we all have mental health and for all organisations above a certain size to have a responsibility to help their people thrive by protecting and maintaining their well-being. So I, so I propose that this can be achieved through mandatory reporting of mental well-being data for businesses across the UK. And my immediate goal is to have that debated as a potential item of legislation in Parliament by the end of 22. And firstly, it's about accountability. So it's not enough to tell businesses that we need to protect our people's mental and physical health and to talk about duty of care, because we've done that for some time. And we all know that some businesses absolutely take that seriously and others don't. And even though they've had the time to change, they haven't. So I believe that this kind of reporting will catalyse change by driving accountability. And secondly, we need to be able to monitor the good um, you know, show and acknowledge progress being made in many businesses. It's not purely about highlighting problems. It's about showcasing great work and learning from it too. But for too long, I think mental health has been a negative conversation with leaders who were who put under pressure to do something. And, and as a result, they get nowhere fast. My goal is to make this about positive change. So I don't mean to ask a silly question, but what do you actually want to report? I want to report... Um, it's not a silly question, by the way. It's 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 a very good question, and I'll probably take a little time to explain it, honestly. And I'm on a bit of a journey myself. So, it started from one place. We're talking to a lot of different kind of um, advisors at the moment um, from mental health organisations, from charities, from businesses like yourself, because it's sort of changing. But let me explain to you where I am right now. Okay, so yeah. reporting would reporting would be achieved through a standardised, anonymised survey shared with all large businesses. And what I'm thinking is that's probably about 250 employees and above. And that would be distributed to their employees. And the survey would be completed twice each year. And each business would be responsible for summarising the data and sharing the findings with their employees. Now, the aim is that sharing this back with the business will encourage honest, open conversation about mental health, showcase good work being done, um, highlight problem areas and share ideas and insights on how to improve. And this is an important point. Because in my view, mental well-being reporting will fail and actually it will simply never be approved or rolled out 
if we overcomplicate things or if we make this about a league table or punishing businesses who aren't doing enough. And we believe in the importance of positivity and simplicity. And well-being is a complex subject. So to, to monitor how well we as a business community are supporting, uh, it requires focus and direction. So with that in mind, the survey would look at just two core areas. First of all, the resilience of the workforce, for example, how they're feeling overall, the mental health experience they have personally had over the last year in and outside of work, and how does the working environment impact that individual's mental health and overall happiness, uh, and efforts to, uh, that they make personally to build their own resilience. And then also the resilience of the organisation. So what factors influence any negative or positive impact on mental health in its business uh, what's the level of understanding around mental well-being within the business? Uh, what perception do employees have of the, the way the business is being managed and decisions are being made? What efforts they've seen their business make? Do they feel that their business is doing enough? Uh, and what initiatives are in place and what's missing? Clearly, if, this, if we get this debated in Parliament and the government's open to further discussion and formalising a plan, we would work with an advisory board to create the survey and really define the mechanism to get it out there. But my hope is that if we keep it simple, limit the time it will take for businesses and their employees to be part of, and we have the backing of MPs, businesses, mental wellbeing specialists and others, then the reporting will be championed and it will make it, help us make real progress. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, in, in theory, this sounds such a good idea and uh, we're a huge advocate of it um i just think that um it's going to take some time not going to happen overnight obviously you're very aware of that and and i think that the other types of reporting that we're hearing about the gender pay gap reporting and um, ethnicity gap reporting etc um, have been challenged and so i wonder what you think about you know another set of reporting that workplaces have have to do and are we putting too much pressure on workplaces by all this different reporting what are your thoughts on that first of all that's why i don't want uh it to i want it to be simple um and i don't want um equally it's why i don't want it to be partly why i don't want it to be public because i think that um businesses have a you know, as a business leader myself, I know how much pressure, how, how little time everybody has. So this needs to be something that is very easy to implement and execute. And equally, I feel like mental health is something that's, you know, slight, in a slightly different way from, um, it's just quite different from gender gender pay gap reporting or ethnicity because it's less it's more for want of a better word subjective so the, the my my vision is the data and insights won't be public businesses will report findings back to their people and we considered having businesses upload their data into a government portal to make this public but there are nuances and i just think that makes it inappropriate so firstly we don't want this to be a tool in which to attack industries or businesses in order to encourage leaders and their teams to change and improve, this needs to be a positive conversation about ways to best support our people. And secondly, there'll be context to this data. For example, if a business has encouraged its people to be open about their mood and health, then that business may see more people 
stating that they're concerned about their mental well-being. Whereas if a business has encouraged no conversation, employees may say everything's fine. And therefore, the business doing great work without context look worse than the business doing nothing. And we believe that mandating the need to report back to your own business will allow organisations to be accountable, but give context to the people who need to see it. And should this go ahead, there'll be a lot of publicity around it. And simply put, it will be law for businesses to share the survey and report back to their teams rather than to the rest of the world. So to answer your question, I think the likelihood is that well, the, the, the hope is that it will, it will create conversations uh, between the businesses and their people. And that can only be a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, OK, I'm going to ask you a bit of a controversial question here. Um, and it's something that, you know, we struggle with. If the reporting go, is in place, or even if reporting isn't in place, but you are aware of a client who isn't coming up to your standards or isn't scoring well, what would you do to help them? Or would you help them? Would you decline them as a client? What's the, you know, what's the purpose of the reporting if nothing is going to be done about it? Well, as I said, if it's not going to be public, if, 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 if as, as, I've, as I've put forward the idea that companies need to be sharing their data with their people rather than publicly sharing it, the likelihood is that I wouldn't see a prospect or a client's data, but we will absolutely be having conversations about this with them, as we already do, honestly. So generally in a pitch now, we do talk about this with, with, with clients. So we already do this with many clients and prospects. We want to work with brands that match our ethos and our ethics. And if a business is found not to be doing the mandatory reporting, which is which would be very easy to see, even though we're not actually seeing the data ourselves, we would consider ending the relationship. Yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, great. That's very, very noble. Okay, so let's bring this all together. Your five-year vision for workplace mental health. Um, God, five-year vision. I don't even have a six-month vision. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, I mean, I'm joking, but it's so difficult these days to have a five. I mean, you literally... Well, you're right. Just you're absolutely discussing. right. We, I'm just hoping to get a holiday at the moment. Exactly. No, you're right. <laughs> but but it, um, so I, I put it in context, because if you think about the improvements or where we've come in the last five years, we've made such huge progress. So the next five years, are we going to move so f- as fast as we have done? Or are we going to slow it down a bit? What do you think? Well, I listen. I feel look. I'm really. I suppose. I suppose. Look. The the first thing I'd say is one of the positives of the pandemic has been that business is speaking more widely about mental. In fact, everybody's talking more widely about mental health because it's a real issue. Um, You know, or people. There are a lot of people struggling with their mental health at the moment. So, what I want is for that to be a great catalyst for change, and. I'm quite optimistic that it will be. And in five years, for, for, for me, I would like for mental health to be viewed by all businesses as equally as important as physical health and safety and also part of their responsibilities to help their people maintain good mental health. Um, and within the realms of mental health reporting in five years, I'd like it to have been rolled out and be used as a useful driver for change to share ideas and progress and make sure this issue stays on the business agenda, not as a fashionable subject, but as literally part of everyday life in business. And, you know, I said at the beginning how I, I see mental health as a solution rather than a problem. 
you know, imagine when I think about MediaCom and I think about, you know, my vision for MediaCom is always about imagine a business where everybody is thriving. You know, we are unstoppable in that sort of situation. And that's, you know, that's the world I want. That's what that is the world that I want, where individuals in companies are thriving, partly because of their own you know, ability to, to access their resilience and part, partly because of the support that they're getting from their companies to do so. And, you know, I see this as a real positive um, kind of vision for, for, for people and for business. And, I, and I, that's where I want us to get to. Your doorbell ringing. Yeah, that is, sorry. And that's right, the dog barking, that's fine. <laughs> this is where we are doing the podcast. It's absolutely fine. Listen, Josh, thank you. I, you know what? I want to invite you back on the podcast in 18 months, two years, after you've got to Parliament, got to the debate, and we can discuss it afterwards. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. I know you're going to get there with your leadership and everything. You will get there. So let's meet up again in 18 months to two years. Obviously, it would be nice to see you before then, but I'm <laughs> on the podcast to see where we've got. Um, Josh, thank you so much for your time um, today. Pleasure. Really enjoyed talking to you. And um, thank you for everything that you're doing. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And, I, and you guys are doing such brilliant work. So, you know, it's great. I, I, I feel really honoured to, uh, to be invited to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much, Josh. All right. Cheers. This Can Happen, empowering workplace mental health. Founded in 2018, we support organisations and empower their employees with the right solutions to create a positive environment for good mental health in the workplace. We offer various resources, including a global leading conference, free webinars, awards, a 12-month friends programme, an exclusive retreat for mental health leads, and the This Can Happen Index, the only measurement tool that includes both the employer and the employee. Find out more by visiting our website, thiscanhappenglobal.com.